Good morning, church. Thanks, Erica. Well, Psalm 118 and 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Paul, and I'm privileged to serve as pastor of this congregation, and it is great to see every single one of you this morning. Those live streaming, thank you also for tuning in, and it's just awesome that you would choose to spend an hour of your time with us uh, today. I trust your nerves are okay after last night. Uh, I had two sermons prepared this morning, you know, like if it just depend on the outcome. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to say, God? Uh, but interestingly enough, for the month of April, uh, the, the series is Great Faith. I mean, you cannot make this up. And I, I said, wow, Lord, so you're testing me on all levels right now. Uh, but go who's, wow. Uh, we, can, we can breathe and, and look forward to Look forward to tomorrow night um, at your house, right? We're coming to your house to watch. <laughs> oh, gosh. God is good. Uh, he is good. If you're new to Victory Church, welcome. Um, if you're not new to Victory Church, welcome. Last month, we were in a series entitled uh, Reconcile to Each Other. Um, and we finished up that series last week with uh, Pastor David Hermes, who's uh, connected to us through our Every Nation family of churches. He pastors a church in Sterling, Virginia which is a campus of Grace Covenant Church, um, and he spoke on uh, from the topic, Worth It. And for those here, wasn't that a good, a good and timely message? If you missed it, you can check it out, as Will mentioned, on the uh, Victory app, um, and it's, it's already uploaded. He helped us and really uh, tied into what God has been saying to us here in ways that only he could in terms of how God has uniquely wired him to communicate the gospel. And they are planning to plant a church in Denver in June, and we were able to bless them. Thanks again to your giving, kind of dovetailing on Will's message there. We were able to send them with some funds to start out as we've been blessed to start out here at Victory Church. And we know all too well the difference that it makes um, to, to advance the gospel in the ways that we can because of such giving. So we're thankful for him, thankful for all of our family. Actually, at the end of this month, we'll have another part of our Every, fam Every Nation family with us um, in the form of uh, Pastor Jim Critcher, um, who's one of my senior uh, leaders in Grace Covenant Church. You met Brett Fuller. Some of you have. He's the senior pastor of Grace Covenant Church, and Jim Critcher is the senior associate pastor. So we're looking forward to, to his visit as well. Uh, the vision here at Victory, I see some new faces in the crowd this morning, um, is to see people reconcile to God and to each other. 2 Corinthians 5 and 18 says, all this comes from God. And you can look in 2 Corinthians 5 in terms of what the Apostle Paul is referring to as all this that comes before that verse. But he said, all this comes from God and that he reconciled unto us unto himself through Christ. And then he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. And so here we embrace the privilege to make God recognizable. The responsibility, the opportunity, the gift that we have literally to die to ourselves and make him more known and seen in us so that us, as others see him in and through us, they can be reconciled to him. And from that place, then see some horizontal reconciliation amongst uh, each other. And we here at Victory Church believe um, strongly in discipleship. Um, we talk about being a disciple or a student, a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, for us, that means taking the next step of obedience, which I love because everybody can fit in that boat. It doesn't matter where you are, from the pulpit to the parking lot, everybody has an opportunity to take that next step. 
And so we've created a process, though we understand nothing about the process in and of itself helps us to accomplish the vision that I just stated. Uh, but we created a process, a paradigm, a simple one within which God can meet us. And here we have a three-pronged approach, that of meeting on Sunday mornings. Uh, Hebrews 10, 25 talks about not forsaking to assemble ourselves together, but encouraging each other daily. So one, we're meeting here on Sundays right now to worship our holy God. And two, to serve on one of our nine ministry teams. Uh, many examples throughout Scripture. First uh, Peter 4 and 10 comes to mind in terms of how we might utilize the gifts that have so freely been given to us to serve somebody else. And thirdly, you saw the pictures of all of our victory group leaders to participate in a weekly victory group. Uh, Will mentioned Acts 2, so I'll come back to that. In the early church, how they got together, they were breaking bread in each other's home and just encouraging and fellowshipping with each other. And we believe that it's in community or through community that we too can see each other take that next step of obedience. And so while we don't have a traditional membership process here at Victory Church, we do have what we've described as being in fellowship with Victory, and we can do so through those three ways. And when we're not doing that, you might be thinking, there's so much more you can be doing. And we do, and we, and we are excited then to partner with other churches and other local organizations who are called to a specific vision and mission that we can then say, we're going to support you and get behind you in that effort. And I want to highlight this morning, unplanned actually, uh, one of those partners in town is Abundant Life Ministries. Just raise your hand if you've ever heard of Abundant Life Ministries. They do a lot of work in this community, advancing the kingdom, and this summer, while Victory Church won't have a vacation Bible school, Abundant Life will. And so we are going to partner with them, serving with them in teaching the young people of our community, particularly in Prospect through VBS. Um, we can give God some praise for that because that's really a neat opportunity to pour into them. Uh, and then the other opportunity you'll hear more about through Abundant Life is a fellows program that they are designing. Richard Fioro, who's here at Victory, will be heading that up. Um, and we're going to be supporting that effort as we train up you undergrads who are looking for jobs after college. That, that could be one for you uh, in being a fellow with Abundant Life, and Victory will be partnering with them as well. All of that and more uh, are meant to be inward-facing and outward-facing opportunities. So we come here to get fed, yes, to get hours, yes. We go to small group to get hours and get sharpened and to be encouraged. We we serve on a ministry team to know what it might feel like to serve somebody else on a Sunday morning. But then there's this outward-facing piece of that as well, as 1 Peter 4 and 10 talks about, that we now get the privilege, the opportunity, the honor to look outward and see a need in somebody else and how what God's placed in us can bless them. Amen? Amen. Um, what I didn't mention, that was a lot of what I didn't plan to mention, but I think it might be helpful, particularly... Um, I might have some Abundant Life folks in the crowd who can help me with this, but for the Fellows Program, if you're interested in that, this Friday at 7.30, I believe, at Unoya, there's going to be probably some of the best musical artists in town uh, who are going to be over at Unoya, and you'll get to learn more about uh, that program and how we and other churches will be able to partner with Abundant Life toward that end. Amen. Let's open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, <laughs> chapter 10. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 to 29. And we're excited about partnerships as you find that 
Boys and Girls Club you might have seen on the slide, you may not have, but we'll be partnering with them for our Resurrection Day brunch that will be held right outside these doors on the blacktop. And if it rains, we'll have the cafeteria as a rain site. And so we're excited about how God's allowing us to be good teammates alongside of folks who have been doing some really great things already in our community. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. And before we read, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to share, to be encouraged by you, to be instructed by you, to be guided by you. And to that end, I pray that you would speak and move me out of the way and, and have your way with us. Soften our hearts in the ways that it needs to be softened and help us to not just experience a head knowledge, though that is good, but also a heart knowledge of what's here in your word for us today. Such that Monday through Saturday, when we leave this, this moment, this time of worship, Lord, that on a daily basis, we would see you, experience you, and be a conduit through whom you bless other people in our lives. I pray that you would speak this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. You can follow on the screen as well. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Verse 37, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Um, and for our brief time this morning, uh, I just want to focus on this particular title um, of the message, which is Faith Endures. Faith Endures. Um, this weekend at the University of Virginia was Black Alumni Weekend, and I see some folks in the crowd who were here for just that. I see some folks that I remember 20 years ago uh, as undergrads here at UVA, and it's really good to, uh, to see you here. Um, if I'm not mistaken, African Americans at UVA were admitted See if I remember names. Robert Bland, I believe, was the first undergraduate from the E School, the engineering school, to get his degree. Um, Walter Ridley, that was in 1955 or so. Walter Ridley, for any Curry School of Education folks, uh, was the first African American to get his doctorate um, from the School of Education, and that was also in the 50s. Um, some 20 years later, I think it was 1970, when women were actually admitted uh, to the university. But Black Alumni Weekend was this weekend. And it's been going on since 1985. Every two years, all of the African-American alumni of the university come back and, and just fellowship. We eat. We have a great time reflecting and remembering. Black Voices had a concert on Friday night, and many of us remembered when they called us up on the stage as alum to participate, Mark, what it felt like to 
at one point hit the notes that we thought we could hit. We remembered, in my case, what kind of beats that we used to be able to play on the drums. Saturday, there was a, a cookout in the amphitheater before the game got started that night. And so the youngins came out and they, they stepped. And a lot of us who used to do that back in the day remembered when our joints could actually take that pounding on the pavement. And yesterday just chose to watch the youngins do it. <laughs> Even when they called us up, we said, no, thank you. We're good. But we also kind of reminisced and remembered how many of us almost didn't make it. How we almost, for whatever reason, had some trials, some challenges um, throughout our matriculation through the university. But there was perseverance. There was an enduring. There was a community that helped facilitate that enduring to help us achieve the reward, if you will, in the form of a degree and so many other intangible rewards. And one of my buddies yesterday said to me, man, Paul, this is so cool because we can reflect, we can remember what it was like and what we endured and went through. And so now it's encouraging to continue to persevere and go through whatever it is life is throwing at us. And if you keep living, things are going to be thrown at you. And there's a choice, a crossroads, if you will, that we all will come to where you say, I'm going to persevere or I'm going to shrink back. And if you're here this morning and it discourages you to look back, don't. <laughs> don't do it. But if it encourages you, by all means, take a look back. And the question I'd like for all of us to consider briefly today is how do we maintain great faith, which is this month's sermon series, how do we maintain great faith when pressures against us seem to be mounting on all sides? And I believe the text we've read today from chapter 10 of the book of Hebrews, verses 32 through 39, suggests that we remember. We remember our testimony. We remember our reward. We remember who he is, and we remember who we are. For some context, the writer of this particular letter, some people call it a sermon, is, is inconclusive. There's a lot of theological debates as to who's written it based on the style of writing and so forth, but we don't know, but we know the recipients definitely knew who was writing to them. And the writer's pretty clear throughout the book of Hebrews in that they're communicating that Jesus is our one mediator. Will, you were all up in my notes this morning. Well, whose once and for all sacrifice paid our debts paid for our sins, open the way for us to return to God. Don't just let that be a passing sort of intro into the message. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, that's good news. <laughs> and then turn to the other neighbor and say, it never gets old. <laughs> he opened the door, tore the veil, if you will, however you want to describe it, so that we now have access to the Father. That's amazing good news. And so the writer of Hebrews is, is writing this, this letter, this sermon to encourage Christians in a time of trial. Don't raise your hand, but has anybody ever experienced trial <laughs> in life? As I've heard it, you're either going into one, you're in one, or you're coming out of one, right? And the good news is we have God in it, but trial is a part of life. And so the writer is saying, I'm here to encourage you because it seems as though, this is some broader context again, that the recipients of this letter were drifting for a variety of reasons from the faith. And so the writer here is trying to draw them back in. Say, remember, remember whose you are. Remember 
who you are. He's encouraging, he's exhorting them to stand firm in their faith, reminding them about the new covenant, which comes through the death of Jesus Christ, is superior to the old covenant, which has so much to do with exterior rules and regulation. And so the text, again, that we've read today and will focus on, reminds them first to remember their testimony and likewise for us to remember our testimony. Verse 32 says, remember the former days after being enlightened. For those of you in the room who know Jesus Christ, can you remember? Can you remember the time you really kind of came into knowing him? For me, that was like 1992, which I'm looking into crowd and some of y'all weren't even born yet, which I can't believe I'm saying something like that now from the stage. I remember others would say that and I would be the person out there. But 1992, I'm in the Bronx, New York, my home church. And, and, you know, then we had the long aisle, right? So this is the long aisle. You had to make your way down to say yes to Jesus. We had a guest preacher and he pretty much looked at me and said, some of y'all who were born on the pew, that was me, born on the pew, raised in the church, your parents or guardians have been spiritual coverings for you, but you've never said yourself, yes, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. And 13 years old, I sat in that seat and I felt something kind of burning on the inside, a little softening of the heart. And I got up and I said, he's talking to me. <laughs> he's talking to me. And I walked down this aisle and I'm bawling and crying, 13-year-old, just as confused as a middle school kid could be. But I knew I needed Jesus to help me in that confusion and so much more. And, and decided, you know what, today, today, Lord, I want, I am choosing. Thank you for mom and dad and the examples that had gone before me. And as an encouragement to you who do know Jesus Christ, it was because of that, to be quite honest, the faith that I saw exhibited in the faithfulness of God in their lives. As a 13-year-old, that's all I could see. They were the only God I did know up until that point. That led me to say, I know enough, if not just through my parents and these other elders in the church, that God is real. It's a side note encouragement for you who are walking this life and have been for a while that others can see him in and through you. But I did that and I said, God, I'm going to follow you. And I went back to Grand Avenue Middle School the next day, floating a little bit, still confused as a middle schooler, but floating a bit because I knew not that it's going to be a storm-free life. You've heard me say this, but in Jesus that there could be a storm proof one. So the writer here is saying, remember that? Go back to that time where you said yes to Jesus Christ. And if you're sitting here or watching on the live stream and you're saying, I don't have that moment, I don't have that time, today can be that memorial moment for you. He's saying, remember, don't drift. Remember when you not just experienced some stress and some strain, but you endured the suffering. And that word endured means to bear up despite difficulty. Remember when you would have done anything, when you were on fire, you're like, it doesn't matter. I'm going all in for Jesus. You remember that? When y'all first came to know him, I'm going to take this world for him. And verses 33 and 34 give us a little bit more detail of what that might have looked like for them in terms of what they endured and how they endured it. It says, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. Sometimes you walk into work and it feels like everybody stands up in unison and says, you stink. Or you are terrible at what you're doing and we'd be better without you. You fill in the blank. When it feels like there's like a choir that just is orchestrated as you walk in, it's in your head perhaps or maybe very real. He says the public persecution insults that you had to deal with. At other times you stood side by side with those who were being so 
treat it and didn't think it robbery for you to, to be there with somebody else as they went through. So you walked through some stuff and then you were about that life in terms of loving your neighbor and being with them. Verse 34 goes on and says a little bit more about what they endured and says you suffered along with those in prison. Maybe that's a reality for you or maybe it's that you, you suffered in that or you uh, had a co-worker who stole your idea and got a lot of credit for that idea. I'm trying to come wherever you might be this morning and got recognition in the, the company advance now based on whatever idea he had. But you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Look at your neighbor again and tell them, act like you know. Okay, look at another neighbor and say, act like you know. Maybe you'll tell them with a little more <laughs> emphatic. Act like you know, like these, Apostle Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians, I believe that these light momentary afflictions, they don't compare to the eternal weight of glory. Act like you know, 1 John 4 and 4, that greater is he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. Act like you know, Philippians 4.13, that we can do all things through Christ. Act like you know that there is a treasure here in this jar of clay. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about. Act like you know that we are more than conquerors. Romans 8 and 37. Act like you know. The context of these verses, 32 through 34, then set us up for verse 35, which says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, your boldness, which has a great reward. Remember our, our reward, uh, which can be particularly hard. I was thinking, again, we're watching a lot of basketball, and, and I've coached basketball, and I'm thinking, it's hard to endure when there's no confidence. I've had some of the talent, most talented teams, whether it's fifth or sixth grade or all the way up through college, and it didn't matter if they weren't confident. I put them on the floor there, they're not going to endure or bear up under any difficulty if they didn't have some sense of confidence in their capacity to endure. And so for us as, as, as uh, daughters and sons of God, some of whom have walked into his calling, some of whom are considering it, can better endure when we have proper perspective, when we can remember for some of us or think about the reward of such endurance. Verse 36 says, you need to persevere to endure so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And I'm going to throw a few related scriptures out there for the purpose of your later study, because Monday through Saturday is where it happens, and it'll also be on the mobile app. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says that we need to throw off every weight that hinders us, run with perseverance the race that is set out for us. Hebrews, going back a few more chapters, uh, chapter 6, verse 15, refers to Abraham in Genesis chapter 21, verse 5, and that he endured and waited patiently for the promise for him, which was a son, 100 years old when Isaac was born to him. Hebrews chapter 9, 15 says this, Christ now, though, is the mediator of a new covenant or agreement, such that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Romans 8 and 17 says, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, 
if indeed we share in his sufferings, if we endure in order that we may also share in his glory. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, if we endure, we will also reign with him. And that is for all eternity. Good news. We can be assured of that. And if I may, as a side note, because we are about not just how we can receive on a Sunday morning, but how we can go back and study for ourselves throughout the week. And I love how Scripture interprets Scripture. And so when we think about Matthew 6 and 10, for example, the Lord's Prayer, which in part says, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To me, if I can extend that bit of, about our internal inheritance, is also that, God, you've not only called us to reign with you and for that to be a part of our promise, but, Lord, you've called us to reign here on earth. How might we steward your gospel here on earth to see us, to see you in charge and at work through the power that only you have here? That's in your families. That's in your jobs. Hebrews 7 and 25 says he not just saved us for here or for glory, but he saved us completely such that here we can experience his victory here and now. I remember a very quick parenthetical, if I can, in terms of remembering our rewards. Um, my biggest reward on earth is sitting on the front row. I've been married to her for 13 years. Her name is Taylor Harris. Um, so you can thank her for anything that you think I do well um, and things you do, I do bad. You can come and say, you know, that's on you. But anything that goes well, it's because of her. But when I was dating her, believe it or not, I took her on a date, and we drove up a mountain here in Charlottesville. There's a lot of them, and I ran out of gas, <laughs> right? So we're coming down this mountain, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm throwing away all confidence because she will never go out with me again. This is it. But that was my reward. So for me, I'm remembering or thinking about, Lord, this is the promise you have for me. I can't throw this away. I've got to persevere and endure and maybe ask her out again. And be patient because she wore T-shirts that said, Jesus is my boo, letting me know I had no chance and I had to wait and endure for a long, no, long time. But my reward was worth it. And how much more in the body of Christ is our reward worth the enduring of what might be momentary light afflictions? We will move on. Hebrews 6 and 12 says, we don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience and, and patience inherit what's been promised. Verse 37 then draws upon two Old Testament scriptures, Isaiah 26 and 20 and Habakkuk 2 and 3. Again, all of these are on the, uh, the mobile app, and they express in part that Jesus is sure to show up, which leads to our next point, remembering who he is. When we remember him, this is so foundational yet so profound. I was just sharing, uh, and I'm not going to get through everything, so let me just, I was sharing this morning with our volunteers. I said, you know, this age-old analogy just never gets, it just doesn't get old, right? All of the stuff that you see powered up couldn't be here if it wasn't plugged in, right? Like hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating on the Word of God, those are the five ways the Word become a part of us. The power is available, but it's only when we plug in every single day of our lives. I can scream and holler, and I will from time to time because that is a part of who I am, though I recognize all of us are not there, so I kind of vary in how I do that, but... If not Monday through Saturday, you get into your word. I've heard God saying a lot to me recently. Paul, there's no substitute for that. 
There's no gift. There's no talent. There's no network great enough for you to do and accomplish all that I've designed for Victory Church to do here in the city of Charlottesville. That is a long aside, but can I just say, remember who he is. Remember what he's already accomplished on the cross for us and our sins in that he paid a debt we could never pay. And he's inviting us to just plug into the source, plug into the source and see a marriage that you can't see reconciled, reconcile, plug into the source and see the, 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 the workplace that you see in just disarray come into alignment, plug in and see even in the ministry teams that you're working in varied as so they are personality and so forth. God works something through the whole that couldn't be done through each part. Verse 38 goes on to say, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. And faith we know again from Hebrews chapter 11, which we're going to talk about next week. We talk about the faith of Enoch and how we can exude or exhibit faith in the mundane everyday life. It says it's the substance, it's the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How crazy would it be for us to give up when we know what the end is going to be? And yet, if we're honest, we can be pushed there sometimes, can we not? If we find ourselves not plugged in. Remember, this group of people, not to get away from the context here, though I am relating it to us, which is a part of my role up here, they were drifting a little bit. And how, if we're honest, often might we find ourselves drifting? Maybe we'll never say, God, I don't believe in you, but behaviorally, there's something about our walk that is saying, I don't quite believe there. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite there. And yet God is saying, the fight is fixed. See me. Remember who I am. He is saying, because the same power that has already been displayed in that he conquered death and the grave lives in you and me today. That is good news. Just Think about the situations in your own life. If you want to get real with yourself, to yourself, I won't ask you to say it out loud. In the areas where you're like, yeah, um, kind of drifted there. Definitely threw my confidence away there, Lord. I'm just kind of hanging on. That's where God wants to meet you this morning. That's where his word, this word particularly, wants to meet you. Because great faith in a great God, imagine the people who wouldn't shrink back. The last verse of the text said, who don't shrink back and are destroyed, but a people of faith who come to him and say, no, we, we believe you. We believe that what you've joined together, no man or woman can pull asunder. We believe that my position in this city of Charlottesville is to see people reconcile to God and each other. I believe not in my capacity or yours, but I, I believe a God who already destroyed the walls of hostility, it says in Ephesians, and through him, all things can be done. When we choose to to plug in. As I close, my wife and I were on a date. I'm talking a lot about my wife this morning. Uh, yeah, amen. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to air another, you know, it's a constant getting to know her and exploring her and, and learning her. And I learned her a couple weeks ago, although I should have known. Tried to take her to a scary movie, and she was like, um, 13 years, and you're trying to take me to a horror flick? Doesn't like them. So the next week, I got another shot, and we saw a movie called Hotel Mumbai. Tough movie to watch. If you remember 2008 and what happened there, I won't go there. There's not much of a spoiler alert here if you remember that or want to look it up. But there was a part in the film where, and I thought it was well done in terms of them communicating what was a difficult story to tell. But there was a part in the film where there were um, 
some people who were in an area that, that would seem to be the most secure. Um, but they came to a point where they felt like, you know what? I think on my own I'll figure this out. And I, I, I obviously will never pretend to know what it was like for the real people in that situation. None of us could ever identify. But in that moment, I thought, God, how am I like that in my spiritual walk? Psalm 91 tells me, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall rest on the shadow of the Almighty. Rest. Matthew 11 says, come unto me, I'll give you rest. All throughout Scripture, come, 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 and here I am, like the people in the movie thinking, but I got this. Let me go. Let me figure this out on my own. God, help me. Where am I in that? Show me me. And bring me on back to the foundation. If it helps you remember, look back. And remember your testimony. Remember the reward. Remember who he is. And then remember who we are. We're not a people who shrink back because of whose we are. Amen? Amen. We're going to just close there. Lord, I thank you for this word this morning, this, uh, this nudge, this reminder, this encouragement for us to have great faith. Great faith in a holy God who doesn't know how to fail. Great faith in your instruction, 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says, Your word is inspired by God, useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training up in righteousness. I thank you this morning that we can have great faith with confidence and boldness because this fight is fixed. And to that end, I pray, God, that where we don't believe, like the, the gentleman in Mark 9 whose son was demon-possessed, he said, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Where for each of us this morning, there's a little bit of unbelief, maybe that we're not ready to unveil to the masses, but that in this moment we'll unveil to you. And even in the blind spots that, blind spots that we don't know to unveil, God, shine a light on those two such that we can extend faith to a holy God and watch you do what you're waiting to do in and through us and for us. Help us have great faith. Help us in our faith to endure, to persevere, to not shrink back to remember our testimony, to remember our reward, to remember who you are and to remember who we are. As we move forward in this series of great faith, God, I pray that you would come right to where we sit so that we can take that next step of obedience. We can walk more faithfully from one passing day to the next.